0: Welcome, and happy Friday. This is Travelog, the podcast of Condé Nast Traveler, and I'm here in the Condé Nast podcast studios with Catherine LeGrave. Hello. I think it's the second week in a row for you, right? Yeah, okay.
1: it's a new record for me. <laughs> <laughs> two <laughs> just, like,
0: to stay away. Yeah. Karina Quinn. Hello. And Megan Sparrell. Hi. The two of you sound a lot alike. Oh, well, a puzzle <laughs> for the people.
2: Off.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Rad Rickman, and we are going to talk today about... Our readers' favorite big city in the United States. Today, we have released our Reader's Choice Awards. As you know, in podcast land, (laughs) we tape on Tuesdays, release on Fridays. So by the time you hear this, this news will be three days old and you'll all know it. But because today it's fresh for us, Chicago has been named america not americas i've been watching too much of the voice at home with my kid (laughs) Uh, americas (laughs) Americas. chicago has been named our readers favorite big city in the united states and that is the second year in a row i believe that that is the case so it must be true so we want to talk about chicago we're going to help you plan your first trip to chicago we have a bunch of chicago enthusiasts here who are the chicago enthusiasts
1: Uh, That was a trick question. It's everybody. It's it's everyone. We all looked at each other.
0: (laughs) Even Brett. (laughs) why we're here? Over in the corner, even Brett. He's just muffled by sound equipment. Not allowed to speak. (laughs) Um, And I am a Chicago enthusiast, but I haven't been in a very long time. So you guys are going to have to help me out here. So my first question to you about Chicago is one that I ask about all the cities that we talk about. Is this a neighborhood city?
3: Yes. Need? Yes? Big time. Okay. Big time.
0: What are the neighborhoods that I need to know?
3: Ooh. Um, well, when I was there, this is Karina, I lived in West Lakeview, not too far from the border of Roscoe Village. Lakeview's pretty big. On the east side there's Boys Town, which is really fun. Um, Where is Lakeview? Lakeview is north of the loop. Lakeview includes Wrigleyville technically
0: is Wrigley field perhaps in Wrigleyville
3: correct but it is considered its own neighborhood like within it's like a sub neighborhood the Bucktown Wicker Park area is also very cool West Town has gotten really big since I left I won't say when
1: <laughs> um,
3: before I moved to New York and then you've got the south side there's tons of neighborhoods on the south side too on the west side I mean there's a lot a lot of neighborhoods
1: yeah there I think we talk in in our caption right like people think of Chicago and they think of Gold Coast and then it's like if you scratch the surface I think there are like nearly 80 neighborhoods in Chicago right um
0: when we say the loop and uh, what do we mean by the loop what is meant by that
3: it's like the downtown area and that includes like Magnificent Mile right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah the Michigan Avenue stretch I should have double-checked this. I I actually worked as an intern at Chicago Magazine after finishing grad school, and there was a map of how they delineated all of the neighborhoods. But it's like a hotly contested, like
1: borders are hotly contested within the city.
0: So I just want to
1: make sure I don't misquote. Okay. Well, it's like Millennium Park, Grand Park, all of the things that you think of more or less quintessentially Chicago. Downtown in the loop, it's got the elevated, well, I mean, the L train. Like, you see it running in between the buildings.
0: And that's all downtown. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's all part of the loop. Mm -hmm.
1: Those are all the main things people see and do
3: when they, like, on a first trip. Yeah. Okay. But we would still encourage you to go beyond that.
0: And what is the relationship between those things and the lake?
3: Oh, uh, the lake's on, like, borders the city on the east side.
0: Okay. So So, all those things bump up against the lake.
3: Yeah. Anything that stretches to the east.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
3: But those, yeah, most of those things do.
0: So, okay, so the neighborhoods, the Loop is obviously one that is a first-trip kind of neighborhood. You're going to see stuff there. Is that where the museums are?
3: A lot of them, yes. There's a whole... (sighs) It's a big city. It Um, is a very big city. But if you go to our Chicago guide online, we do have a list of the 15 best museums. Yes. Many are concentrated downtown. So um, the Art Institute and the Museum of Contemporary Art, my personal favorite. Just a little farther south of Grant Park is where it's like the Museum of Science and Industry, all of the relics from the Chicago World's Fair. If you ever read Eric Larson's book, The Devil in the White City, he goes into all of that. The Shedd Aquarium, Yes, that's all sort of out there on that northerly island. It's like a get to complex that, yep, of mm-hmm. museums, yeah.
0: It is a museum city, right? These are some of the best museums in the world, and Chicago is famous for having these
3: I think like- that Yes, and I think that goes hand-in-hand hand with the fact that Chicago's architecture is pretty, like, Second to none, it's pretty world-class in terms of its architecture, and I think the two things fed into each other. I think you know a lot of that stuff goes back to policy, and I think Chicago just always had a really supportive environment for fostering that kind of thing and that kind of development. They were willing to take risks in terms of the kind of architecture they built, and I think as a result, also museums and investing, and in, even in public art, when you walk around the streets. After the Chicago Fire, when the city rebuilt, they planned for growth in a way that places like New York didn't or couldn't. Hmm. First burn. (laughs) (laughs)
1: There's
3: going to be many. Um, There's flowers everywhere. There's, like I said, public art. It's very easy to walk around and get around and still feel appreciation for the way things are maintained.
0: Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, the skyscraper was invented in Chicago, right? The first Sullivan... No? More but facts I, are going to really want to check. Like, wow,
3: next time, send me a quiz in advance. Um, <laughs> I, I, I would say it was probably home to the first skyscraper. I don't know yeah. if it was actually invented there.
1: Well, for a long time, right? Now it's called the Sears Tower, right? It was the tallest and that's mm-hmm. since been surpassed, but that's still quite the landmark. Willis Tower. I feel right? comfortable going oh, yeah. on
3: the record saying home of the first skyscraper. I don't know if invented there.
0: Yes, it is the first. the first skyscraper was there. No, no, I was going to talk
3: about
1: the architecture tour of seeing the architecture.
3: It was the Chicago Architecture Foundation. It's now the Chicago Architecture Center. They just opened a really impressive new complex right on Wacker Drive downtown. And they do incredible tours by boat of all of the architecture of the city. And it's Uh an awesome, I always tell everyone, I mean, in the time I lived there, I did it every couple of months. No matter how many times you've gone or how many times you do it, you will learn something new.
1: Yeah, I love it. And it's such a low maintenance way to see the city. And you see parts of the city just that you sit. would have never seen. Well, really, you, you sit, go downstairs, go to the back of the boat for the best of you. But you see parts of the city that you would have never really seen otherwise. And you have a docent leading you or leading you just talking about what you're seeing. And it is so cool. Like what Karina said, no matter how many times I went with people that came into town, it was like never got old. Yeah.
2: I mean, if you can have the comfort of those really cheesy double-decker buses and not <laughs> be on one of those, I'm and all for you're it.
1: Floating down a lazy
3: river.
2: Yeah, right. I, sign me up. Well, you know what was interesting is in the Readers' Choice Awards, a lot of readers submit notes along with the votes they do, and a majority of them. That's for Chicago, the notes that people submitted talked about the architecture first and foremost as to why they were voting for the city and why they loved it so much. So I think you know it's no everyone knows that Chicago has great architecture, but it really is like a main sticking point for everyone who loves it.
0: Well I mean there are people who consider this among the most important centers of architecture, if not the most important in the United States. This yeah. is Louis Sullivan, Frank Lloyd Wright, the Prairie School started here. I think it, it had an influence on the rest of the country in a way that few other cities, can and before New York ever did so there were skyscrapers in Chicago before they were in New York anyway so what other neighborhoods outside of the ones that we've already talked about the loop do people need to know about
2: I feel like I'm always staying in Wicker Park and that area last I was there just in July and I stayed with a friend hey Jenna um in Bucktown which is kind of bordering Wicker Park it's kind of the area that um you know if you have a beard you're probably going there if you have a fixie bike you're definitely hanging out there um but it actually has like i think it's a matured version of that it's those are hipster things yes but it's like it's not but you didn't want to say that word i was you know (laughs) trying to allude to it and bucktown is kind of on the edge of it and i feel like a lot of um wicker park is sort of expanding that way so that's sort of the new frontier of wicker park at least from my you know quick trip there um but it has a lot of a lot of great bars restaurants they feel a lot more laid back than some of the parts of the west loop you know you have things like O cheval which i'm sure anyone who knows about chicago knows has the best burger in the u.s and they have this a uh, smaller outpost called small cheval or you can get this amazing burger like that's in bucktown you know so you can find a lot of these little things that you would probably be A lot of bars and restaurants you'd be told to go to are going to be in those areas as well. And you can easily bike around or walk around. And it's definitely a different vibe than the skyscrapers of the West Loop.
3: Another thing um, I don't feel like people talk enough about is that Chicago's live music scene is really good. Mm. And the neighborhoods, Bucktown and Wicker Park that Megan just talked about, are where a lot of the really great venues um, and places to see live music are.
0: What are some of the venues? The Empty Bottle.
3: Empty Bottle. It's really fun.
0: Okay. I mean, Chicago's obviously got a huge, deep history of jazz and blues, mm-hmm. right? But I don't know what the scene is like today. What do you go to hear today?
1: I mean, the Green Mill is like the best place to go for jazz, in my opinion, right? Mm-hmm. Al Capone used to go there. So this is an uptown and no phones allowed. And you go in and it's sort of these velour banquets and you sit there and it's incredible. I, I still think it's a great jazz scene. But it, or, or again, that's really the place that I always go to because I love it so much. <laughs> Where is the There's, Green Mill?
0: In, in Uptown, uptown yeah. Uptown. Mm-hmm. So Uptown's another neighborhood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's okay. another fun one.
1: Um, also,
3: you know, Chicago is the home of Reckless Records and Bloodshot Records, so that whole kind of, like, alt-country yeah. movement in the 90s, which has evolved over time, but they still are producing a lot of the best bands in that And that scene, Um, I remember doing an article many years ago where I talked to a lot of the producers and venues in the city. And one of the things they told me, I'd been coming from D.C. where the music scene was a little bit disjointed. And from what a lot of the people inside the industry told me is that Chicago, like it's still very community based going back to sort of that neighborhood feel. And so a lot of those venues and record labels and the people who are involved in representing them all work together. So it kind of tends to like they're, they're really big in investing in the scene locally and cultivating that talent.
0: Yeah. There was a huge rock scene in the late 80s and up through the mid 90s there too, right? A bunch of the grungy type bands came out of there. That's right. It was sort of like a second, it was like a satellite city to Seattle for a lot of those bands. Um, Urge Overkill, Liz Fair came from Chicago, I assume still comes from Chicago. <laughs> Smashing Pumpkins are a Chicago band and came out of that scene. Oh, yeah. And there are probably many others that people who are more familiar and like actually lived there and were huh. participants in that came yeah. from.
2: Chicago as well. I also so think now there are so many festivals there. I mean, I know it's a major city and a bunch of the different festivals go to all the major cities, but um something that amazed me was I was there during Pitchfork, which has been going on for quite a few years in the city and is like a good size festival, like even though it's gotten quite big in the past few More years. More manageable, like intimate size. Yeah. And like you can set down a picnic blanket and then watch, you know, someone like Drum, who's a really big rapper right now, and you can like sit on a picnic blanket and watch him, and that's really unique. But I think when I was there during Pitchfork, I couldn't believe all the signs all throughout the city for just other random festivals that had headliners that were decent, but it was a small festival with like 10 people on the lineup, and I feel like there's just a lot of energy there and a huge appetite for that, and it's not as crazy as something like that would be in New York.
3: That's why I remember the neighborhoods have festivals.
2: Yeah, they have a lot of their own festivals. It's like Wicker Park's having all these people come in the next month, and... I couldn't believe that I hadn't heard about that. I was like, wow, I would have traveled to Chicago for more of these artists if I had known.
0: It's also got a long comedy tradition, right? Mm-hmm. Second City yeah. is there.
2: That's why every single person who's funny talks about their time in Chicago, because they were there for Second City. It's Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, all of them.
0: Yeah, yeah. And there's still a club tradition for that. I don't know if you guys have sampled that in, in recent years or been back to that.
1: Oh, yeah. I used to, I mean, when I was in grad school and still when I go back now, going all the time, sort of in the downtown triangle, going to see comedy shows and going to Second City and building that in tonight. And I was terrified that I would get called up on stage, but not yet. It is terrifying. <laughs> yeah.
0: Interactive. Interactive. Improv. Ah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs>
3: We all just got collectively nervous. Having a bad (laughs) flashback (laughs) right there. Yeah.
0: Um, Culture, obviously, Chicago's a heavy hitter. You know, I do think, Megan, you touched on something, which is that there's the opportunity to have sort of smaller, more intimate, less corporate maybe, you know, events. Mm, More subtly corporate. (laughs) Subtly corporate? Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) There's so many things that this city seems to be good at, right, from music, comedy, but I think one of the big ones is food. Mm -hmm. Like Chicago consistently seems to be rated as one of the best, if not the best, food city. And it sort of seems to go back and forth in the US, certainly of the big towns. Can you guys talk a little bit about some of the institutions that people might recognize that are the perennials that people travel to there, chefs, restaurants, places that people go?
3: For sure. There are a lot of institutions, and I think it's worth noting. I always tell people, like, figure to go high and low, because you've got your deep dish pizza. You've got your Chicago dog. You've got a lot of the things that are really fun. Um, And also, though, Chicago has more than 25 restaurants with at least one Michelin star. I mean, there's like fine dining. And and not necessarily stuffy when I say that, but I mean like well-recognized, hardworking chefs who are doing really neat things. The Obamas famously loved Spiaggia, owned by Tony Montuano. Still a fantastic, fantastic restaurant. And if you don't have a lot of time, Cafe Spiaggia can be like more of a shorter experience to do that. That's right on Michigan Avenue.
0: You're familiar with Italian food. What is the Spiaggia scene?
3: It's been a while since I've been, but I would say um, Tony and his staff and the chefs that have worked under him, it's not necessarily, it's very authentic without necessarily being hyper-regional. I think they're kind of bringing their own thing there too.
0: Is it more Southern, more Northern?
3: I feel like every answer I have is going to piss someone off. I don't really know how to, like, I would say the best of the best.
0: Like, is there a lot of fish or is it meat heavy? Uh,
3: Chicago is a very, actually, Chicago is a very tough town to find good fish, Uh I will say. Um, I don't remember having a lot of fish there, more meat heavy. I found that about most restaurants in general, though, fish was very expensive and hard to bring in. Despite the lake, there's not a lot of fish coming also, out of there that you want to eat. Yeah, so I going to say, do you want to consider, eat anything out of that lake? Consider that more landlocked in terms of like availability of seafood you would consume.
0: Right. And also, it was a center of, you know, the sort of Midwestern meat industry right like everything kind of flowed through there so it was like eat your own dog food yeah farms yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. and there's so much locally i mean the farms are so close outside of the city that you can source for produce Mm -hmm. and really really good top notch ingredients when it comes to that also sarah grunberg who used to be at spiaggia has monteverde another really good italian restaurant one thing i know that she's doing is like all the pasta made by hand there's a lot of like really creative things that she is She very much like brings her own spin. So she has trained in Italy. She goes every year. I mean, she's like very passionate about that. So I think the technique is authentic, but I also think she does very creative things that you wouldn't necessarily think about. Yeah. Back when she was at Spiaggia, she created an entire like tasting menu around honey from a producer that she loves and incorporating honey as an ingredient into each course. You know, so there's like kind of things that like were inspiring to her as a chef that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily like think of a tasting menu where like honey features prominently. Yeah. Did you try it? Yeah. Was it good? It's amazing. It was amazing. But Sarah does a lot of other things, good too.
0: That was like a one-off th- kind of thing or limited edition.
3: Yes. Good at the
0: time. That's cool. Before we get into the sort of new and and different kind of things, what are the classics in Chicago? You you mentioned deep dish pizza, so mm-hmm. everybody knows that. But knows not everybody knows. Yeah, not everybody knows kind of what that means and what the difference is between that and. Pizza people might know.
1: Sure. So in Chicago, deep dish pizza, pizza people, people. Um, (laughs) it's basically like imagine a sort of three inch tall, well, probably yeah, three inch tall cake tin, and then it's got the crust at the bottom, and then layers and layers and layers of whatever you want. It always has cheese. It always has a sauce, and then another layer of crust and cheese on top. So when you cut it, it's like a thick wedge of pizza. Right. It's pretty
2: impossible to eat with. Although I think you just described the stuffed. Oh, the That's stuff! A variation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. say, isn't the deep, dish. isn't the deep dish? It has the the crust on the bottom. You have the layers of the topping uh-huh. or like whatever mixed in with the cheese, and then the top layer is the tomato sauce. Yes. Right. So there's not cheese on top, which was surprising to me as a cheese lover. And I think we need to talk about it. I mean, it's not like cheese is underrepresented. I just, (laughs) it's it's not on top. (laughs) So when you first see it, it's alarming because you think, where is all the cheese? It wasn't really? It was alarming? I was (laughs) like, oh God, oh God. (laughs) But it just
1: looks like, yeah, a bunch of tomato sauce on top.
2: It's inside, but it doesn't melt the same way. Is there a
0: canonical, you know, like the way we have the cheese slice or the way the margarita in Italy, like Mm. there's just like, that's your default. Is there that? Or is it like whatever you want, free range, like do whatever?
1: You mean is there a classic? Yeah. Uh, I don't uh, think like so. A, like like you a could meat I mean pizza, there are classic like, places, right? Like yeah. Lou Giordano's, places that have been making this deep dish pizza for a long time that people continue to go to
2: and that are are on our best pizza in Chicago list for a reason. But, but there's no there's no like No, I feel like there's you're not usually doing just cheese though. That that's my impression, right? It's like you're either doing something with a ton of vegetables or you're doing a sausage or you're doing something, but I do feel like just a cheese one is kind of a faux pas. Am really? I wrong? I, I, no. I, uh, no, 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 no. I
3: don't think I've ever had one that wasn't just cheese, or maybe a pepperoni. Oh, really?
2: Oh, I think I have a complicated relationship with the whole cheese part of it. But you do. <laughs> yeah, you keep. <laughs> it's really fun because it's not. It doesn't <laughs> brown on top like it does on a good pizza. You know, when it gets a little golden oh, and dear. bubbly, and that's just really shots fire. I'm having the pizza. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'll get into that later. I have a few recs for you that yeah. next still time can get a thin cheese. Crust.
0: <laughs> okay, Catherine, what were you describing? Everybody seemed to feel like you were describing a different. Product. I was
1: describing a variation on the deep dish because I got excited, stuffed, <laughs> right? So that has another layer of crust, which Karina is right. Um, still no cheese on top, but yeah, yeah. there's a reason. Like I gained a lot of weight in
3: the I six months. Lo- <laughs> pe- people, so I feel like you either there. really
1: love. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. You either either really love deep dish pizza or you're like, that is terrible. It's not pizza. It's a slice of
2: casserole.
1: Yeah, yeah, kind of.
2: I'm in the middle. I I love the amount of tomato sauce. I think that's great. I like just the volume of it in general. I think that's respectable. But, you know, the golden cheese. cheese. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't hold like a hot sauce on top. It's just there's I'm in the middle.
0: I think there's room for all All different types of pizzas. It's a big world. I can definitely understand. It's a
2: different experience, yeah.
0: Well, and it sounds really good to me. Like, you haven't and I, had I, it? I, okay, I have. I, I pretend <laughs> oh, that so I just have. Got offended. No, a lot of people just turned off the no, podcast. No, I have. I have. Um, and I like it. I don't like it in a way that obliterates my love for, you know, Italian pizza. and I I do think That's that what I'm saying. I think it's legit. You know, first of all, these things evolve regionally, and and that's perfectly fine. I happen to be married to an Italian, and they are very proprietary about the definition of these things. So and true. so, like, you get... I think, you know, is it pizza? Who cares? Like, it's really tasty and it's delicious. And, like, you know, it's pizza to them. It's pizza there. It's just not pizza, you know, in Naples, which is fine.
2: But it still tastes great. Can we talk about some really good Italian pizza in Chicago next? Yeah, please. Know, yeah. Bonchi! Um, okay. <laughs> Where do I even start with Bunchy? Um I'll I don't start, know. Start. I'll start by saying I was there in Chicago for two days on this last trip, and I had it two times. So I think that that's where I want to start. Um, where is it? Get it's, okay. Now, Karina, I'm going to look to you for the hard facts. Yes. I went to two different locations, so there are at least two.
3: I think that's right. I don't know the full scope. I just know that this is the first U.S. edition of Gabrielle Bonci's. Pizzarium from Rome, where he has Mm -hmm. Pizzarium in Rome, and then he opened Bonshi in Chicago.
2: So I went to Wicker Park and I went to West Loop. You've got to plan your entire trip around the Bonshi's. So, (laughs) and those are the two neighborhoods we said you should be in, so it's perfect. But it's basically like, maybe there's a more proper name for this, but it's great, like kind of thin crust pizza. Mm -hmm. You walk in, it's like you're served at the counter, and then you go grab your seat. And there is Wait, you're
0: served like a slice, or you're served a pizza? Yeah, so
2: there's a giant glass like Isn't it like all, Roman style, is that is it Roman like, style? Yes, is scissors. it okay. Altalia, Scissors, yeah. Right? yeah. And there are I just squ- big squares of okay. all okay. the different so, kinds. yeah, Roman you, style. Okay, and yeah. you walk and you point at the one you want, and they like have scissors and they kind of motion to you know where you want them to cut. They cut off your pieces and they weigh them, I believe. There's like ten different kinds, at least, and they just have so many incredible flavors. Like they're all very simple. They usually have about two toppings, and they're toppings that I. In description would sound boring. Like one is just potato and gorgonzola, I think. Potato and something, <laughs> and it looks really That's boring. A boring. It, well, it just looks simple, and it's the most incredible pizza I've ever had. Okay, you guys are more sophisticated than I am, and you know that just two great <laughs> ingredients are good. But you know, it's like it. Like potato is the best flavor. That's so impressive. Yeah. It's so good. With good. good melty blue cheese. Oh that my gosh!
3: Great.
0: Yeah. And do you stand to eat it, or are you sitting no, down? Have, have so tables, sit down? they down, have tables. They have
2: counters. But you you go up, you get it, you pick it, they weigh it. You go sit down, they have beer and stuff too, so you can really, you know, hang out. And it's just such good pizza. And I felt like I never really waited in a long line for it. I think if that place were here in New York, I would, like, there would be so many tourists and you'd be waiting for an, at least an hour and a half. And it's just like, you get in, have great pizza, sit down, and you leave. It's amazing.
0: So, how have Chicagoans received this pizza, which is not conventional Chicago pizza?
2: I'll back
3: up by saying, like, I don't know what the answer to that is, Megan, but back even when I lived there, there there was a huge, like, second wave pizza thing going on with Neapolitan style and a lot of, like,
0: People not... were cool with it. Yeah. They I, were into I, it.
3: It's, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty welcoming town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't see them having, like, any, there's not a lot of pizza turf wars. <laughs> I feel like a
2: lot of <laughs> That's the so discussions nice are in about, like, them.
3: This is one of the things I always like to say about Chicago. It's a very inclusive city. So the second, whether you're a tourist or you're living there, I just feel like it's very easy to to assimilate. I feel like yeah. that was always something I liked about the vibe there.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It seems like it is an adventurous food town. Like it it yeah. seems like chefs can go there and try new stuff and people are into it. Certainly, it's had some of the more inventive chefs and restaurants in the United States have For sure,
3: And I think there's something about the accessibility of the city that allows, you know, people who maybe have been shut out of more expensive markets or more competitive markets, like it doesn't seem to be, it's not that it's not competitive in the sense that there's a lot to, to offer someone who's there, but um, I think people can kind of come in and get a start and kind of try their experimental thing and not have to worry too much about the stakes being too high. Like it's an opportunity to actually grow and, and they can get the the brick-and-mortar locations without, like, having mortgage, five houses, you know?
0: Yeah. yeah. Talk about the Chicago dog. This has come up before, <laughs> but let's just state it. What is the Chicago no ketchup.
1: dog? <laughs> there's more than that, but no, definitely I start with no ketchup. Sesame bun, pickle, relish.
0: Relish? What type pickle of relish? Pickle and like, relish? Like, well, no, the, Jard-
1: like, I can never say this it, word. Pickle relish? It's No, there's there's
3: relish and and there's mustard, uh-huh. but then there's also the um, giardiniera pepper. Yeah.
0: Okay. What's that? Like vinegary, Jardinera, yeah, okay. the, the, okay. the yellow ones,
1: <laughs> but some of them are they can some be of green, some green, yellow, yeah, the yellow yeah. to green.
0: It's basically pickled vegetables. Yeah, yeah like, cool, cool. With, like yeah.
1: Stuff. I do love a Chicago dog. Portillos,
0: Portillos, that's, I that's your giant okay.
1: I mean, they've they've been doing it right for decades, right? Why mess with a good thing? You can also get another Chicago classic there, the Italian beef, but. I yeah, like what the does that mean? So
0: I remember talking about this, and it's not what you think it is. What is the Italian beef?
1: It's roast beef, and then so it's sliced really thinly, and it's in it. In Chicago, they say a lot of times, like the wetter the better, right? So you're <laughs> you can have your bread dunked in sort of this gravy. It's almost like a French dip, but not like the whole bread is dipped. In it's like a jus. So wet. Exactly, exactly. And then the one at Mr. Beef, you could get with Mr. The, beef. <laughs> Mr. Beef. It's just like just this big wet sandwich roast beef topped with crunchy jardinero. I love it so much. So good. Yeah. Yum. That's a real Chicago food to me. When I think of Chicago, I think of the dog. I think of the pizza. I think of Italian beef. I think of Jimmy John's. Oh.
0: And, wh- and wh- <laughs> what? what is Jimmy John's? Yeah,
3: what? Really great. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, I love chain. Jimmy John's. I, I thought know. it was really
1: popular. It's, but I do I've never seen
3: it. I think it's, yeah, of a region. Like I haven't seen the, it. Is it since like I, I moved a out? White
2: and red logo yep. Yep. and yep. black. Okay, yeah. Free
1: smells. That's what all their signs <laughs> say. You guys have <laughs> never <laughs> had Jimmy so John's Chicago. That's so smelly to me. I know. Free
0: smells or three? Free, free smells. Free. Uh, you can smell like bread baking? Yeah. Oh, okay. They have sprouts on
1: most of their
2: sandwiches. There's some double entendre involved.
0: Like California sprouts, alfalfa sprouts. Yeah, yeah.
2: California Um, sprouts. No way. California California. invented
0: those things and then (laughs) inflicted them on the rest of the country.
2: They're so good. Sorry,
1: not not the time. (laughs) Sprouts Cast. Yeah,
0: Sprouts Cast. Okay, so those are some of the classics. If I were going to go there today, what are the restaurants you would tell me to hit up outside of that kind of like classic row?
3: All I'll say is here's the working list of the places that always come up that, that I hear from. Yeah. Or from people who have been recently since, again, I'm due for a visit. Yeah. Publican, Girl and the Goat. Mm-hmm. Is it Plain Air? Yep. Plain um, Air spelled like...
0: P-L-E-I-N. The, the, yeah. French way. hmm
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> Someone else chime in here. Duck, Duck, Goat. Yep. Right. Um, of you mentioned goat. Ocean Ball,
2: right? Uh, well, okay. Stephanie...
0: Girl and a Goat, Duck, Duck, Goat. What, Stephanie th- Izzard. Yeah. Right? They're both Stephanie Izzard? Yeah.
2: Okay. Oh, Cheval is like, I mean, I've just seen it on Instagram for so many years as the best burger. And this is actually the first time that I've been in Chicago and I've gone. And it's incredible. It's so, it's such a good burger. It's just, it's like two patties instead of one, lots of melted cheese. You can get an egg, you can get this thick, like, slab of bacon. Um, you will wait three hours and you should wait three hours for it. Um, we also had, they have this dish there that's like a duck heart gravy hash. Ooh. Yes. And it was phenomenal as well. It's like just like a good meat institution.
0: What does the heart taste like? The duck's heart.
2: Is it a very rich
0: organ? It's very rich. Yeah.
2: It's just fatty and delicious. Okay. All right. You you couldn't tell that's what it is when you're eating it in a hash. Is Alinea still operating there?
3: Alinea is, uh, and they, gosh, was it a year or so ago when they they did a full revival of the restaurant concept, and now there's three different areas where you can eat all based off different set experiences. So before, I think it was just one yep. experience, no matter who, the diner and the whole ticketed thing. Yeah. Um, now there's three different ones, depending on the level of how much you want to eat, the level of attention or privacy that you want. It's It's got more,
2: more, more to options. it there.
3: You have more options. Okay. And I, I think some some of the favorites, the fan favorites carried over, but I also think there's a lot of a new approach behind behind what the kitchen is turning out.
0: And how do you guys think that the Rick Bayless restaurants have, have uh, aged?
3: I would think great. I don't know anyone who didn't love him when I lived there. Yeah. And it's a godson that he has restaurants in O'Hare, especially because...
0: Does he? It, oh, I didn't know that. That's a, great.
3: There's a Frontera in mm-hmm. O'Hare, <laughs> oh, wow. um, which is a godsend because yeah. I've never spent more time in an airport than I have in O'Hare. Yeah. You will not get in or out of there without a layover at some point. Yeah. So you want to know that you have good dining at your fingertips. Yeah, that's good
0: to the know. The most
1: connected airport in the U.S.?
0: How about that? It used to be the busiest for ever. Atlanta? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no,
3: no. More, conne- more
1: connected. Most connections mm. go through
3: Chicago. Which is why you get all the layovers, because you could m- maybe be in a place that has good weather. Chicago mm. might be fine. Destination might be fine. But you're going to have to fly through something to get there. And that was the biggest frustration.
0: Yeah. Okay. So we have a sort of adventurous food. It's a good bar scene, too, right? It's Great. a bar city. bar scene. Yeah. Okay. What are some of the highlights that we want to call out for people?
3: There's the Violet Hour always makes all of the the lists and always pops up on the Tales
2: of the, Tales of the, cocktail. Of the cocktail. Yeah. Estereo is a very low key Latin American influence cocktail bar. It feels the decor doesn't really like you wouldn't know that from the outside. But the drinks, they actually have like all these different alcohols from all over Latin America that I personally love from the time I've spent there and have trouble finding in the U.S. Um it's, it's just was like your a favorite? mix of everything. So they have a ton of different piscos. They have um, a variety of cachaças. Like for anyone who likes Brazilian cachaça, a lot of bars have like one brand of it. They have several there. They also have a bunch of mezcals and tequilas. And they even do, for people who love Argentinian mate, They they have one drink where you can mix mate with any of the other spirits they have. Like it's for someone who's very nostalgic for different places in Latin America like me it was amazing and it's just super laid back they can make just about any the drinks frozen it's like was when i went in the summer it was such a popular place to kind of drift in and out of on a weekend during the day
0: did you feel like they knew what they were doing with those yes. spirits mm-hmm. so they they were experienced with them
2: yeah and i think it's kind of like um You know, when you see the menu, it makes me think of those kinds of places that are like, well, we do Thai food and Vietnamese food because they're close together geographically. And it's like, yeah, well, they're different. Like, do you really know how to do both of them well? I think they did a nice job of mixing all the different types of spirits from... An area,
1: And you asked about music, um, and this comes to mind first for a bar, but one of the places I always loved was Kingston Mines, oh, yeah. um, which is great for blues. They play blues till 2 a.m., but it has a full barbecue menu, um, and I just like to go there and drink beer. It's I mean, you can get a cocktail, but go get it like Revolution well, Brewing, get mm-hmm. Half Acre, get something that's it, local. Yeah, it, I just
3: wanted to make sure we touched on that because there's so many, like as well as the cocktail dens do. There's also the place, like, I was thinking of the empty bottle and the map room and Hopley, where you can get, like, really yeah. great beers or really just have a really nice scene. Um, I also think that, like, few cities do a dive bar the way Chicago does, <laughs> which is, like, not, like, I mean, I don't know what I love about the dive bars that I frequented as a grad student. How does it
0: compare as a dive bar city to, like, New Orleans, for example?
3: The OK, so I will tell you. There's this sort of, like, retro lost in time. Like, often the bars can be really, like, beautiful, deco bars or like I remember places that would have like a jukebox that really was like from the 60s or 70s and hadn't even been updated since. But like everything felt very clean and preserved versus decrepit and falling apart. Ooh. Not so, like, like lived shade. in, but still, like, you know, what?
0: <laughs> shade at New Orleans. We're going to get DiCarlo like, in here, and she's going to fight you. No, but yeah. that's
3: like, like, when you go into the New Orleans dive bars, you're kind of like, this is, this is she's done her time, you <laughs> know? I mean, but it's, like, part of the fun is that if, like, something falls on your head while you're in there, you're like, ah, oh, that's New Orleans. Yeah. Um, there was the thing with Chicago is, like, there's a lot of people. Like, I remember one friend making a comment of, like, the dive bar could be called Nix, and the person... Serving you your drink has white hair and is named Nick. You know, like it's a lot of like, there's like a family, like generational type thing going is, on. Is there. it a dive
0: bar cocktail scene or a dive bar like beer? I'm thinking
3: just like rail and beer yeah. when it comes to the dive bars. Although we mentioned, Catherine and I mentioned some bars that we liked that do beer very well that are more modern. There are so many breweries now in Chicago. Mm-hmm.
0: Green Mill, you said, was good for... for Music, jazz. And it's yeah. also,
1: you can get a good cocktail there, too.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Just one of my favorite places overall.
0: Yeah.
2: And somewhere I didn't have time to go to, but I heard great things about was, um, a little bit back to food, but have you guys heard of the Athenian Room? No. Oh, the Greek restaurant? Okay, the Greek, Greek restaurant town, that baby. Tina Fey loves, mm-hmm. um, because Another I do whatever she you says go is to. good. Yeah. You know, Netflix had a special David Letterman. He interviewed Tina Fey, and she, like... The one wreck she had for Chicago was the Athenian Room, which is this place that serves like this chicken breast on a bed of fries. And they let all the fat from the like rotisserie chicken melt, like drip into the fries. And she was like, that's my favorite dish in Chicago. So when I was in Chicago, I asked my friend about it. And she was like, actually, there's a great dive bar next door. And if you sit there, they'll bring you the chicken <laughs> from the Athenian Room. Ooh, that's genius. Yes. yes. And so I don't I haven't even been to that bar, but I have a feeling it's a great idea. Yeah, that sounds like whatever's next to the Athenian Room.
0: A bar next to the Athenian Room. Mm-hmm. We don't even know the name. And get the chicken. It doesn't matter. But yeah, we have, I mean, for anybody who is planning a trip, we do have an extensive list of bars in, uh, in Chicago on the, the guide, the city guide that we have. There are literally 28, which may be the biggest bar list that we have.
3: We had a tough time cutting it down. Yeah, that's
0: a, that's a big <laughs> one. For those of you who are hipsters, there is a speakeasy scene there as well. Plenty of beards behind the bar at some of these joints. (laughs) So, okay. Uh, How about, you know, I don't know if you, you guys live there for long enough to at least have a perspective on this. What about getting out on the water if you're there in the summertime?
3: I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, Chicago is notorious for, in the Midwest overall, for like how tough winters can be that I don't think people prepare enough for just how much there is to do outdoors in good weather. And the good weather, really, you can, you can find it from, like, March through October, I would say. Not that it's bad the rest of the time, but getting out on the water is great. People forget that there are beaches on that lakefront and those beaches have everything from places where you can eat and drink to play volleyball and just kind of lay out um, there some what of them are dog sw-
2: friendly what do you think about swimming in that water you can swim in that water everyone Flying does can't. It's perfectly oh you, oh, you safe. Yeah, and they I, do yeah. okay i um, there's beaches Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I saw they're, them they're but i saw beaches. right near um there there was like a beach part right near the west loop and it just looked like treacherous to get in there was like a concrete wall and people were like Jumping off of it, and then the waves are coming and pushing. <laughs> I don't awesome. know. I okay. I trust you guys. No, go yeah, swimming. Some, well, yeah, go swimming. And if you
1: want a neighborhood, we're back to neighborhoods. But if you want a neighborhood with good beaches, um, Rogers Park, which is sort of on the the most northern side of traditional Chicago, right? It's your gateway to Evanston, Skokie. Um, but it has like eighteen beaches. Right? It has sort of the most. Yeah, the, the best stretch of beaches in Chicago. Um, yeah. It's a little less crowded than when you go and you're right next to like the Bean and you're just walking east mm-hmm. and and doing that when main also stretch. Like, when you get more into the
3: neighborhoods and where the parks are and stuff, that that canal flows up and there are places you can rent canoes and go along the water for the day. Not off the lakefront, but like within the city. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of there's the the new Bloomingdale Trail is like fully outdoors, running like there's. So much park space and outdoor space. And I think uh, we should probably mention the park system, too.
0: Mention the park system.
1: Who is the design? Is it Olmsted, Frederick that- Law Olmsted? They yeah. You need to do Central Park, too, right?
0: He did Central Park. He did. And did he Boston. did Verdes,
2: the small town in California where did he I'm do Boston? from. Really?
3: Yeah. I don't know. I think my understanding was that this park system in Chicago is somewhat similar to the Emerald Necklace of of Boston, uh-huh. and all of the different neighborhoods have a park, and a lot of them have some really incredible architecture. And the city's been going through like with like these sort of like greenhouses and stuff, and doing restorations, and they'll do community events there, and there's places to see local art and. I think the park system is yet another thing that sort of insiders and locals know about, but I don't think visitors are aware is just as much of a draw.
1: Ooh, the Latin motto for Chicago is city in a garden. Huh. Fun fact.
0: Well, I mean, I do think back to this notion of going there in the warmer weather where you can actually get out on the water, it's one of the not so many places where you can get a true big city experience with lots of neighborhoods and lots of options and lots of culture and at the same time be close to a genuine water culture because it's right there. You're right on it so that's not an easy thing to do
1: to your point to to those people that would say or be worried about going in not summer right we've all heard those comments about it being super windy and super cold obviously the windy city i would say it's still in my mind a city for all seasons you can go in winter and get great tables like the some of these restaurants we're talking about when they're super busy in the summer um, it's a better time in some ways to explore the city because it's Cleared out of a lot of tourists, um, and a lot of those buildings are connected underground or by skyway, and it's a different way of experiencing the architecture. Also,
3: it's not called the Windy City because it's actually windy. You know that. Yeah. Okay. I don't <laughs> wait. Tell it <laughs> what. Yeah. It's, it's windy because of the lake effect, but it was actually uh, Chicago's notorious for having corrupt politicians who are windbags. So oh, blustering, blustering. Okay. <laughs> it was. That's where it came from.
0: Don't have a market cornered on that, <laughs> but uh, one one other thing I think I think we should let people know is this is um, also a very good hotel town. Oh They're, yes! Like in fact, uh, I'm not caught up with it, but last year the number one hotel in the U S. was the Virgin Hotel in Chicago from, again, our Reader's Choice Awards. And so it's not just like you have options here. You have great options here to stay in.
3: It's a really cool hotel town, actually. And what I would say is, you know, a lot of times you visit a city and the hotels are all sort of clustered around a certain area, particularly where they expect business and and leisure travelers to come. But Chicago really does a good job of spreading them out among the different neighborhoods we were talking about. So you have your downtown classics, like the Virgin, um, the Langham always gets really highly rated in our Reader's Choice Awards. But right now, Rick, Wrigleyville has had the most new openings, so there's the Hotel Zachary and the Wheelhouse Hotel, and they've done a lot in trying to sort of, like, seamlessly integrate with Wrigleyville and the whole Cubs thing with a lot of their food and drink offerings and and what they're doing around games, which I think is pretty cool. But then, like, in the West Town, you've got the Found Hotel just recently opened, and also on the West Side, though, you've got, like, the Publishing House and the Soho House, which are also very popular and were rated. Bucktown and Wicker Park has the Roby, which is very cool and design forward. So, like, I always tell people that there's always new ones opening, but there's always different types in different areas. You're going to find something that appeals to you, whether it's your budget or your sense of aesthetics or location or
0: what. Yeah. Our readers love Chicago hotels. Just, they are just—they are well represented in in the U.S. list of best hotels, and they are beloved. They're so. smart people. They are smart people. Well, but, and there's a nice variety of them too. There's a, everything from from super boutiquey, like creative little things, to um, to all the big stuff that you love, all the big uh, chains that you love that do such a good job. And then the last thing I wanted to ask you guys about is getting around. What is the best way to get around?
3: Public transport.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's good. You like it's it?
3: It's good. It's affordable. The L does a really good job connecting things. But also, um, there's a bike sharing program that's really great for getting around. Awesome.
0: If you're can in, you ride it? Is it hilly? Is it? Is it?
2: It's very flat. Yeah, Super that's flat. what I remember. Divvy, right? Huh? Divvy. The, the bike sharing. The bike share. Did you do it? Yeah, how I did. We did it everywhere, and it was okay. so nice. And I all I could think was of how terrified I am to ride a city bike in New York City, <laughs> oh God, and I never, how I would never comfortable it was to just zip around on my divvy, and I mean. <laughs> It was so nice. It was so flat. I, I'm trying to remember all the neighborhoods we went across on it. But basically, every single place I had to go, I was able to take a Divi. And it wasn't more than like a 20 minute ride. Oh, it was really, awesome. really convenient. It wasn't hard to set up. They were constantly giving out promotions on new users trying it. So if you're in the city for a weekend, like you basically can get the weekend free. There's probably going to be some advertisement from someone that is giving you a free 24 hours. And that's most of your trip. It's great. Um, I was really impressed with Divi.
0: You feel so virtuous when you get around a, a city that you're visiting on a bike share, right? Oh, yeah. It's like, I'm exercising. I'm doing this, like, sharing I thing. I like local. Yeah. <laughs> you do see it, though. No, and I think, that's, I think that's a good point, though, because, first of all, you can get around faster than you can walking, but you're still kind of out in the open and you're experiencing, you're sort of seeing things from that more intimate level.
2: And you can stop when you want. You can yeah. see something interesting and, like, pull over your bike and check it out or yeah. even if it's, like, you know, you shamelessly really want a certain photo. You've got it. Like, it just is really, it feels comfortable and manageable and is still very convenient.
3: I'll also say, though, for if if you have mobility issues, like, taxis and cars and Ubers, like, aren't aren't too expensive. Um, but I do always emphasize with people coming in and out that both O'Hare and Midway have public transport, and they're really easy to use, and they're really inexpensive.
1: Yeah, the L runs 24 hours, right? That's a great it thing does. about it. And, and all of those eight lines sort of funnel you toward the center of Chicago, that loop that we were talking about. Um, so depending on where you stay, there's going to be a train, or they also have an extensive bus system, which I used to love to use, but yeah, public transportation. And the the L way. is kind of
0: fun because you're in a downtown area and you're up high like that. Yeah, it's you're kind of up cool.
1: high and you're like going in between the buildings. Yeah, you it's cool. see people yeah. at work and it's yeah. kind of the views are fun, fun that
0: way. It's cool and fun. Great. Okay. Cool. Thanks, you guys. So everybody, you need to get out to Chicago and find out what our readers already know, which is that uh, this is, in their opinion, the best big city in the United States. Um, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. We are on iTunes. We are on SoundCloud. Visit us at cntraveler.com. Subscribe, of course, to the Women Who Travel podcast. And we are also at Condé Nast Traveler on Facebook and YouTube and CN Traveler on Instagram and Twitter.
2: Um, all the podcast episodes are now on Spotify. That's
0: right. That was the new development this week is that you can get us. You can get both Women Who Travel and Travelogue. On Spotify, so go do that. Subscribe to us there. It's so much better than on iTunes. Is it? I'm kidding. It's exactly the same. (laughs) I was like, really? I just thought I would. You know, you gotta sell it. You gotta sell (laughs) it. Why? (laughs) Why Why Spotify?
2: Because I mean, well, there's no music on on iTunes anymore. So open a new. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're already listening to your music. You hop over to this podcast. You listen to all the past episodes and you listen to all of Women Who Travel. It's great. That's right. All of them. (laughs) All of them.
0: Um, please do tweet at us send us feedback review us on iTunes and now can you leave reviews on Spotify you can't really can you you can just share things I have not poked around enough you but cannot, you can you, share it so easily yeah you can share uh, we've had a bunch of people sort of making requests for different types of podcasts through Twitter in the past couple of weeks mm-hmm. and can some we of those listen? we do listen um, in fact I owe somebody some recommendations for San Francisco and I might <laughs> tap into you for that too oh yeah um, happy 45th birthday to Lale. <laughs> um, just wanted to get that out there Karina, how can people get in touch with you to tell you all the things you forgot to say about Chicago or
3: like everything I said wrong you can tweet at me or find me on Instagram at, at Karina
0: Quinn, one word
2: Megan you can find me at Spirelli and I'm sure I got things wrong and I
0: <laughs> Catherine
2: I'm on Twitter at KJ LeGrade
0: I'm at Bradrick, have a great weekend everybody